Thanks for joining us on the Hope Podcast. Hope Community Church exists to love people where they are and help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. By pursuing this relationship together, we can change the world. For message notes and links to big things going on at Hope, check out the notes section below. When you're done listening to this episode, take a minute to follow us here, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and download our free app. From there, you can find all of our recent message content, additional resources, and more. If you like what you hear today, we encourage you to share this with your friends or family. Enjoy. Well, hey, hey. It's good to see you guys. Oh, come on now. <clears throat> Keep that energy. I love it. I'm so glad to, uh, to be with you today. So glad that we get to share this time. I'm going to say a quick prayer, uh, and then we're going to jump right in. Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would indeed uh, move in power through this moment, through your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would hide me beneath your hand so that you would be visible in all of the good and all of the love and all of the grace and all of the mercy, everything that you have for the people uh, that are yours and those that you are drawing to yourself, that it would be experienced through your word. We ask all of these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Here's what I know about human beings. In, in, in fact, the thing that we share, no matter where you're from, no matter how old you are, no, no matter what your life experiences have been, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your background is, here's something that I know about human beings, and, and you know it too. We want to be content people. We want to be content people. Now, if I'm speaking truth, yes, we want to be content people. Even those of us with enormous energy and seemingly unending drive for more and for better and for bigger and for greater, even those types of people, deep down, they still desire contentment. Here's the thing, though, for you to be content, for, for you to be a contented person, you have to be satisfied in your life. You have to be satisfied in the life that you've been given. And the challenge, the challenge that we all face to total satisfaction in life, the, the complexity of it is, is, is that there is this gnawing hunger inside of us. We may never acknowledge it. We may not admit it, but we know it's there. This gnawing hunger inside of us that, that continues to tell us that it is never quite satisfied, that there's got to be something else, that there's got to be more, that there's got to be another level, that there's got to be another opportunity. This gnawing hunger inside that tells us that the life we have will never be enough. No matter what we do, no matter what we get, no matter what we own, no, no matter where we go, the hunger, well, the hunger says more. In fact, as I was thinking about that hunger, uh, it reminded me of the words to one of the great classic uh, rock songs. In fact, gethope.tv, all of our other campuses, I, I, if I sing it, will you sing it with me? I can't get no I can't get no, but I try, and I try, and I try. Can I hit it? And I try. 
I can't get no. No, no, no. Hey, 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 right? We, we know it. <laughs> I knew you guys would go with me. I knew you'd go with me. We know it. We, we know the song. It's so familiar. It's so clear. And the words, well, they capture the conflict in us. You see, your dilemma, my dilemma, is we have a desire that we cannot fulfill. And how does that leave us feeling? Frustrated, discontented, un unfulfilled, unsatisfied, or, or as my lovely, beautiful, amazing wife said when I asked her the question, really tired, really tired. The race, the push, the press just leaves me feeling really tired. And yet, listen to me, family. We were created to be content. We were created to be satisfied. We were created to be fulfilled. Every one of us, every one of us should feel fulfilled and content and live with a deep sense of satisfaction, an unrattleable, unalterable sense of satisfaction. So how do we get there? Well, believe me, I understand the challenge of the search. I spent many years searching for fulfillment. I searched for satisfaction in relationships. I searched for satisfaction in college sports and professional sports. I searched for it at the bottom of a bottle. I searched for it on motorbikes. Listen, even going down the highway at 120 miles per hour did not ever, yes, I did that, please pray for my family, did not ever Bring that soul level satisfaction that I was chasing. It never scratched the itch. Jesus? Is that you? None of it, none of it ever satisfied that gnawing hunger for more. And believe me, I had more. Pinnacle of sport. I had more. I had more. But none of it ever satisfied the hunger. And having tried nearly every earthly means you can imagine, there's only one thing that ever truly satisfied that gnawing hunger. And it was relationship with Jesus. It's relationship with Jesus. Thinking of my own story reminded me of the words of Bernhard Langer. If you don't know who he was, he, he, he was one of the best golfers in his generation. He won the U.S. Masters twice. And at one time, he topped the golf world. And here's what he said. He said, I had won seven events on five different continents. I was number one in the world. I had a beautiful young wife, and yet there was something missing. The lifestyle we all, especially as sportsmen, are leading, it's all about money. It's all about who you are, who you know, and what you have. And these things, well, they aren't really the most important things. I think people who have these things, eventually, they realize that there is still something missing in their life. 
And what's missing is Jesus Christ. You see, like Bernhard, eventually I learned the secret that it is Jesus. Jesus provides complete satisfaction. Jesus provides complete satisfaction. And the emptiness that Bernhard is describing, well, it's common to all of humanity. In fact, I spoke to a fellow football player years ago, and, and I asked him, what are you searching for? What are you running for? What, what, what are you trying to grasp? And he said, it feels like there is a chunk missing from my soul. And every new relationship, every new venture, every new opportunity, I try I try to fill it, but it never satisfies. You see, the reason, the reason that that gnawing hunger for more cannot be satisfied with the collection of things or titles or women or men or notoriety or power is that you and I are not simply body and mind. You are a soul. And more still, you are a soul created for relationship with God. And so to find lasting satisfaction, to be a contented person, your soul, not just your mind, not just your body, not just your emotions, your soul has to be satisfied. How was it satisfied? Again, Jesus. Now, if you're not a follower of the way of Jesus, or maybe you're in a season of deconstruction, then that question, even that thought could come off as strange. But what I'm asking for today is just a little bit of trust, just for the next 20 or so minutes, a little bit of trust while I try to show you why this is true. Well, Jesus is recorded by his friend John as saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And bread, as you know, is a staple food unless you are keto or Atkins or gluten-free and all of the other horrible things I have to be to keep my body from falling apart. I just miss bread, y'all. <laughs> Sweet, delicious, buttered bread. It's a staple food. It's such a staple food that, that good church folks say when they have a meal with somebody, they're what? Breaking bread. In fact, it's almost synonymous worldwide with nourishment and sustenance. A person can survive on only bread and water for quite a long time. Now, bread, if you know from the word, is it also played an integral part in what the Jewish people would have called a Passover meal. They ate unleavened bread during the Passover feast. And when God's people wandered in the desert for 40 years, some of you know the story, some of you may not, God literally rained down bread from heaven to sustain this complaining nation. Well, all of this is relevant to the scene that we enter wherein Jesus uses this term, bread of life. And the context for Jesus saying he is the bread of life is a dialogue between him and several people who have just witnessed him do what is seemingly impossible. And in their exchange, three things surface that I want to share with you, three things that I believe will be helpful for us as we learn the secret of leaning into Jesus for total satisfaction. So if you want to jump in with me, John tells us that a day had passed. 
And, and a day had gone by since Jesus had done two incredible things. He had walked on water. He had walked on water. This is verse 22 of chapter 6. He had walked on water and fed some 20,000 people from just five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, if you've grown up in church, you're probably like, well, no, it says that he fed the 5,000. Yes, that was only counting men. It was not counting women or children. When you roll in the women and children, we're talking about 20,000 people from a box of Jiffy Mix and a can of sardines. (laughs) My God can do anything. After the miracle feeding, John tells us that Jesus crossed the sea on foot. What a sight that would have been to see. Heading the opposite direction of where they had come to the opposite shore. And the crowd the next day looked for Jesus. They looked for his disciples, but they couldn't find them. John tells us that other boats arrived from Tiberias in verse 23. In the meantime, docking near the place where the crowd had enjoyed the bread that Jesus gave. The crowd looked to see if either Jesus or his disciples were on one of those boats, but they couldn't find them. So the crowd mounted up, as crowds tend to do. The crowd mounted up, and they hopped in boats, and they crossed the Tiberias Sea and went in pursuit of Jesus. When they catch up with Jesus, he takes a moment to teach them a lesson, a lesson for them, a lesson for us. Jesus tells them in verse 27 of this same chapter, do not labor, do not labor for food that perishes, but for the food that, that what? That brings and endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. In other words, Jesus says, do not expend yourself, do not expend your energy for food or anything else that eventually deteriorates. You're looking for me, Jesus implies, not because of the incredible miracle that I did, which should have been your sign that that I am actually who I say I am and that I'm actually doing what I said I would do, that I am the Messiah, I am the promised Savior. You are looking for me not because of what you witnessed, but because you had a good free lunch. You're looking for me so that you can get more material satisfaction from And in this exchange, Jesus exposes a truth for all of us to engage. And I want you to write it down. And I want you to revisit it later because it's something that has just been burning in my heart. Jesus exposes this truth. He says, stop looking to temporary things to satisfy eternal longings. Stop looking to temporary things to satisfy eternal longings. Your existence is not limited to this material world. Your existence is is not limited to sustenance or entertainment or even physical health. Listen, you are more than just a physical body. And if you only want Jesus for what he can do for you, what you can get from him, then you'll never truly know him. You see, these people in this story, they they are seeking Jesus for food, 
when they should be seeking Jesus for Jesus. And what Jesus is telling them is that everything in this world will spoil. Everything in this world will rust. Everything in this world will fall apart. Everything in this world will eventually go out of season. Any fans of the buckle? Right? Some of y'all are old enough to remember when we only wore lucky jeans. That's right. It's the truth. Lucky jeans, affliction t-shirts. Remember the pearl button phase? For those of you who are younger, we survived a lot so that you could thrive. (laughs) Everything will eventually end up in a landfill. Do you know that? Sooner or later, everything that we purchase, everything that we own, it'll end up in a landfill. Cars, Christmas presents, boats, barbecue accessories, ball caps, stereos, stuff that fills our homes. And listen, here in the West fills our storage units because we've run out of room in our homes. It'll all end up in a landfill eventually. And I only share this with you Because it proves the point, and I know you know it at a soul level, it proves the point that those things will never satisfy the gnawing hunger inside because they weren't meant to. So Jesus is telling us, don't labor. Don't don't chase after what is ultimately perishable. Don't live for the landfill. I, Jesus says, offer something that endures for eternity. And the good news of that is that it is not earned. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to be good enough to get it. You don't have to have all of your stuff together. You don't have to be problem-free. I am not problem-free. The good news is Jesus extends his gift to us because of his grace and mercy, not because we deserve it. That's where you would say Amen. But they don't understand this. In fact, I hope you would go and read this entire exchange at some point on your own. They don't understand it. First, they ask how they can earn what God is offering. That's how I spent much of my early Christian life. How do I earn what you're offering, God? And then they engage Jesus and ask him for a sign to prove that he is God. As if the miracle of the cornbread and the sardines, that's what you will call it forever, wasn't enough. They tell Jesus that God gave them bread, their ancestors, from heaven during their desert wandering. And Jesus listens to all of this. He absorbs all of this and listen to what he says. He responds by telling them that they need to ask for the true bread that gives life. And like people would do, they get excited at that notion. And they say, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus' response, we already read it together. He says, I am that bread. I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus' statement is phenomenal. 
by equating himself with bread. Jesus is saying that he is essential for life. Jesus is saying that he is ultimate, that he is that which is life-giving. Jesus is saying that he is nourishment. He is sustenance. He is absolute satisfaction far beyond what any physical food or earthly treasure can offer. That's the promise. I will satisfy your deepest longings. I will satisfy your deepest needs. I will satisfy that gnawing hunger. I will satisfy that that hole in your soul. I will satisfy those wounds. I will satisfy that drive. I will satisfy those voices. I will satisfy it because I, Jesus says, am ultimate satisfaction. You will never be hungry and you will never be thirsty again. That's his invitation to see Jesus as the source of all satisfaction. That is the call to us. I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey, toward Jesus, away Jesus, away from Jesus, with Jesus. That is the call to us tonight. That is the invitation to us today to see Jesus as our ultimate satisfaction. And I can tell you, for those of us who would say that we're followers of the way of Jesus, the reason why the faith doesn't feel alive and feel full and feel like it did at the beginning, the reason why is because we want Jesus and. And he says, no, I have to be everything. Spiritual food is just as real as anything else physical in this world. And it satisfies in a way that physical things never can. Now, we struggle with those words. We struggle with those words because for some of us, Jesus is ethereal. He doesn't feel tangible. He doesn't feel close. He doesn't feel connected to our thirst for the perfect relationship. He doesn't feel connected to our hunger for the ideal job or, 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 or for the incredible life that we want. The, the reason he doesn't seem to connect, though, is, is because we are seeking ultimate satisfaction in temporary things. And just like these Jewish folks in the first century, I'll speak for myself. The reason why Jesus doesn't seem to connect sometimes is because I want to see and touch and taste and let that scratch the itch, but it never does. And I know those things seem far more real, but they're not. Jesus is the realest real that ever was. I pray that all of you, Find a good godly person to love and, and be loved by. I pray that you would find a job that, that uses all of your gifts and all of your talents and all the investment that you had in your education and pays you a living wage so that you can flourish physically in this world. If you're in school, I pray that you finish school. I pray that you finish at the top of your class. I pray that you're the best athlete that ever played the game if that is what is in your heart. But let me tell you that no matter how many times you touch it, It'll never satisfy your deepest longings. It'll never satisfy it. Because none of those things are ultimate. And if they become the goal of life, then they send you on a cycle of continually trying to feed them. Now, the third and final thing we need to see today is that the life Jesus refers to in this dialogue is not just physical life, but eternal life. 
Jesus is trying to get these people's thinking off the physical realm and into the spiritual realm. And he wants the same for you and me. He wants us to see ourselves as more than mind and body, as more than physical. And he contrasts what he brings as their Messiah with the bread that he miraculously created the day before. The bread that he created the day before, guess what? It eventually spoils. I don't know if there's an uglier sight in the world than a moldy piece of bread. One, because it's just sad, because something that beautiful should never be wasted. I have a card problem. I will probably eat a can of Pringles tonight. I'm confessing it now so that you can bear this burden with me. Eventually it spoils. That's what Jesus is saying. Eventually it spoils. But the spiritual bread being himself, guess what? It doesn't spoil. And not only does it not spoil, but it brings eternal life. How can he make such a bold claim? Because in a few words, he is claiming his deity. The statement that he makes there, I am the bread of life, is the first of the I am statements in the book of John. And in that moment, he is equating himself with the name of God that God spoke to Moses at the burning bush when he said, I am that I am, the covenant name of God, Yahweh. Jesus is saying that I am the same, which is why I can provide eternal life. Those listening would have automatically understood him making a claim to deity. And so what Jesus is inviting them and us to see is that he is offering the ultimate end to the gnawing hunger and opening our eyes to the realization, listen, that we are eternal beings. You are an eternal being. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has actually sown eternity into our hearts. Which is why nothing in this world ever actually scratches the itch. Jesus promises, though, that whoever comes to him, guess what? They'll never be hungry again. Whoever comes to him, they'll never be thirsty again. In fact, notice with me the words, come and believe. It is an invitation for you to place your faith in Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God, not intellectually, but transformatively, where it becomes your rule of life, where you follow Jesus' love and leadership in spite of the world telling you that you can do it on your own and you can make it on your own and you can get it on your own. Guess what? If we could do it on our own, we would have done it by now. Jesus says, no, follow my love and leadership. And understand what life truly is. (laughs) Believing in Jesus means having faith in him. That he is who he says he is and he will do what he said he would do. And he will satisfy that dissatisfaction. Now listen, I know life is full. And maybe, maybe you are just trying to get through the next day. But there is no more important decision you will ever make in a lifetime than choosing to follow Jesus. And the good news, the good news is that the promise is that if you trust Jesus, you will not only have eternal life, but you will have abundant life. Listen, and you will finally end the searching. Jesus comes in. 
He and he alone can actually satisfy the desires of our heart. He satisfies our hunger and our thirst for everything. He is our bread of life. And so I say to you, if we are stirred even just a little, then the question we must be asking is, what do we do now? If we are stirred even just a little, what do we do now? Well, the invitation is to come. The invitation is to come. Come to Jesus and believe Jesus. Listen, for those of you who have been Christians for a while, re-believe Jesus. That is what is missing. That is where the gap is. That is why worship is hard. That is why small groups are disinteresting. Because we need to re-believe Jesus. Come and believe. In fact, I wrote a little prayer that I hope would help make this real to you, that I invite you to pray. Lord, I seek you today. Thank you that you satisfy my soul as with the richest of food and quench my spiritual thirst. Thank you that your love is better than life. I want to challenge you, encourage you to pray that prayer, take a picture of it, pray that prayer every single day for the next week and watch the transformation that happens in your heart and your view of Jesus. Now, perhaps you're not ready to pray this prayer. If not, may I invite you then to to go to the next steps immediately following service. We want to connect you with an area pastor who will get you plugged in to a group that fits you best and who will help you answer the question, why Jesus changes everything. Because here's the promise. If you see Jesus today as your total satisfaction, then I promise you, you will live with complete satisfaction. It is a promise that he guarantees. It is one that I know to be personally true. And if you choose not to follow Jesus into fulfillment, guess what? And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the day after that, the search continues. And the things of this world continue to let you down, continue to fall short, continue to leave you still seeking a satisfaction that they never will provide. What if today, what if today you took the leap, you took the leap today to actually follow Jesus in everything? What if today is the day that life changes forever, the search ends forever, the hunger ends forever? There's a vision of a freedom and an unfettered life that is yours. And I have been praying, 
and I will keep praying that you take hold of it so that you can know true and living contentment. Father, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would make your word real to us, that our hearts would be challenged and transformed by the power of your word, that we would experience the freedom that only you can provide and the deep, deep satisfaction that comes from feasting on you as the bread of life. The psalmist said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Would you help us today to taste, to see, to believe? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Hope Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and encourage you to share it with your friends and family. If you live in the greater Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, we'd love to meet you at one of our weekend gatherings. For campus locations, service times, and information on our children and student environments, check out gethope.net. To make sure you don't miss our next message, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button. We would like to invite you to support what we are doing by visiting gethope.net slash give. Through generosity of people like you, Hope can run programs like our food pantry, homework club, project classroom, and many more.